Welcome to Watching the Watchmen, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Watchmen on HBO and Sky Atlantic. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, so we're back to talk about Season 1, Episode 1 of The Watchmen, which is the pilot, but it's not called the pilot, it's called It's Summer and We're Running Out of Ice. I've looked ahead a little bit at some of the episode titles and some of them are a little bit kind of bizarre and whatever, uh, and there's some things I want to talk about with some of the things involving that as well, but... Uh, yeah, start of Watchmen season one, episode one, the pilot. Uh, what do you think of the start of this TV show? I really enjoyed the start of this. I think it's it's shaping up to be a really interesting series. Um, the the kind of cold open sort of thing, which was the Black Wall Street massacre, was an interesting place to start. I I w- did wonder how they were going to st- structure it because you you started off with that sort of the there was that black and white film Mm -hmm. thing as well yeah and um i i wondered because you know he's talked about lindoff has talked about this being a sort of remix of the comic books and one of the things that is in the uh original graphic novel is this sub story that runs throughout of the um common board it's called the black pearl i think it is that which is this it's sort of a comic book within a comic book it's this this sub story that's um a there's there's a kid that's reading a comic book and you get panels from that comic book which is this pirate story and i did wonder whether then maybe they were going to try and do something like that with the tv show where you get a sort of completely unrelated or seemingly unrelated thing kind of wedged into each episode um and i did wonder whether that that kind of black and white film thing was going to be part of that okay but um so but we'll have to see kind of moving forward whether they continue with any of that stuff but um yeah overall it's a really interesting kind of mix and take on the the whole sort of watchman world and you know he's he's very adamant that it's not a sequel although it is set in present day and it is using some of that stuff as a history and it does have some of the characters in there. But then you've got things like the uh, Night Owl ship, which shows up in this episode, uh, which isn't I've never called the Night, Owl, you know, Night Owl's ship, but it does look absolutely identical to it. So uh, you've got that in there. You've got people wearing Rorschach masks, um, but again, they're they're not Rorschach. They're they're kind of have co-opted his image. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of mix. But I am intrigued to see where they go with it. Yeah, um, I like this episode a lot. I, I I kind of was thinking as we're like you know halfway through the episode or whatever. It's like an hour or whatever. I was thinking like okay, you're doing quite a good job of trying to simplify the world set up the world tell me who people are obviously that's the job of a pilot and almost of of an entire first season to say like okay this is the world this is you know the situation of the of uh the story and who everybody is everybody's motivations they did they did a pretty good job with that uh it was very very entertaining i liked a lot of these scenes where the regina king's character the is it the sister knight thing yes uh that that character she's clearly to me like a big um highlight obviously we've got jeremy irons in here but he's only in this episode kind of briefly uh, i'm sure we'll see a bit more of him the one thing i was kind of thinking throughout the episode though is like okay you both of you and well you said about uh 
or is it Damon Lindelof's comments about this is designed to be one season? And I kind of think like, okay, now that you've started to get this very, very interesting world set up, which I'd like to see for several seasons, um, uh, as you've kind of got that set up and you've got only eight episodes left now. And if this is going to be like a limited or mini kind of series or like a season one, one season kind of thing, how much more potential from just eight episodes, which is, you know, eight hours or whatever, how much more potential can you get from this world with such short amount with such a short amount of time to do that in um, yeah how, how do you think that might kind of play out i mean i i know he said this is designed as a self-contained thing i rather yeah. suspect it may carry on regardless of whether lintoff is still running it or not mm-hmm. um particularly as it's got hugely positive reviews so i i kind of suspect that is going to continue but um with or without Lintoff, whatever it happens, um, even if he, I, I mean, it may be a case if he stops being showrunner and he, I mean, if he do, decides that he doesn't want to tell the story anymore, he stops being showrunner and goes on to being an exec producer and somebody else takes over. Mm-hmm. But I, I rather suspect that this will carry on after the one season that he mentioned. So cool. Um, yeah. So it's, there's obviously the discussion about like, is this or isn't this a sequel to the book and stuff? The, given that you've read the book, which is uh, odd because you know, um, usually with The Walking Dead, it's been me the, who's been the yeah. person for like three years or however long we've been doing that. Uh, so that's kind of handed off to you a bit more. Um, with, with the ending of the book, uh, h- how's that kind of played out? Yeah, I mean, there are elements of it um so the you get that weird sequence where there is a a warning alarm that goes off and squids drop from the sky yeah uh which is that weird sequence sort of halfway through Mm -hmm. which is is sort of related to the kind of fake news thing that was set up by ozymandias which is uh ozymandias the, the the basic sort of story of the book is uh ozymandias who is one of the um so-called heroes and is the world's most genius man uh he did the world is heading towards a world third world war and he comes up with this idea of stopping that and getting everybody to band together by faking an alien attack on new york uh that alien attack on new york wipes out half of new york at the same time um so He's kind of seen as a monster by some people, but not by others. It seems that what they're doing with this is um, they have taken that kind of basic idea, which is a sort of gone into the realm of mythology and conspiracy theory. Uh, So it looks like overall it's sort of been covered up, but um, the, the book ends with Rorschach's journal, which... You know, tells the truth about all this uh, ending up at a publisher's and my guess is that what they're kind of playing with is the idea that maybe it was published in some sort of journal but people didn't believe it uh, and I, I think where they're kind of moving forward with the story is so th- the story of what really happened with that alien attack is kind of out there, but the official line from the government appears to be, Oh no, we really were attacked by aliens because uh, uh, despite the horrendous act that Ozymandias created with that, um, because it did kill half of New York city. Uh, it also basically stopped war as well. 
Okay. So for for a, a, a certain length of time. So it's because everybody kind of thought oh christ we're being invaded by aliens we better stop fighting amongst ourselves and band together so that that's the sort of background that they seem to have set up and rather than having that exposed which interestingly i'm actually reading uh, doomsday clock which is the uh, introduction of the watchman into the main dc universe uh that, that i'm i'm reading that as well as well that that's takes the slightly different approach of it having all being exposed as being fake um so that takes a slightly different angle on it whereas the tv series seems to be taking the angle that um the the story that it was faked is out there but it's sort of still being covered up and the official line is is still that um you know they were attacked by aliens and and it would seem that things like that squid storm that we saw mm-hmm. is probably faked by the government uh because there was never an alien attack so why would there be a squid storm so i i'm guessing that 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 is is something that is being faked by the government to try and keep this lie going okay cool um what did you think of this episode on a political uh just point well i mean they, they are it, the, that is something that he's also said is it mm-hmm. the the original book was based in the world of sort of Reagan and Thatcher, whereas this is based more in the world of kind of Trump and Brexit and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it is, it is kind of looking at fake news. Um, so, yeah. uh, and this sort of conspiracy theory and what's true and what isn't. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see why they're playing with that and uh, where they're going with it. Um, you've got President Ros- Robert Redford in this as well, which I thought was fun. Um, um, yeah. yeah, for me on a political side, like obviously I knew going in that this was going to be more political than certain other shows that I watch, and it, it makes sense given what this show is about and everything. Um, but I actually enjoyed it. I, I'm surprised I'm even saying this about any show because usually it's it's more like shoved in your face and whatnot, given uh, today's culture that we're in. I actually yeah. enjoyed it quite a bit from a political. Uh, standpoint and there's a particular scene that i want to get into when we get to it uh there's something that particular i want to kind of say about it um but yeah i'm surprised at how much i enjoyed it but they just handled everything really well and i kind of expected that going in so at least that box has kind of been checked i suppose yeah um but yeah it, it was good from that standpoint so uh all right cool let's take a break we'll let you know what else we've been doing and then we'll jump into the episode see you in a minute Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. 
So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, Flash is back for Season 6. The Flash on the CW, obviously the Arrowverse show, is back for Season 6. And me and Robert did Season 6, Episode 1. Two segments this week from Entertainment Talk TV, Episode 27. One is for Carnival Row, spoiler-free, and one is for The Island, uh, spoiler-free as well. The first two episodes of that. Uh, Oh, God. What? (laughs) That That show! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you can hear more about uh, my my thoughts on that, of course. Um, yes. Yeah, if you want to listen, if you want to listen to all of the segments from that podcast, that's Entertainment Talk TV episode twenty seven. If you want to keep listening to them individually, they'll be out on Monday uh, afternoons. So have a look out for those. But yes, if you want to see my thoughts on those shows uh, and some others, uh, keep listening to those segments. And of course, the Island one hundred one and one hundred two. Uh, Man United Liverpool was one one. Uh, interesting game there. Obviously, I talked about more of it in the episode. We're going to be playing uh, Partizan tomorrow, Thursday. That's the Europa League game. Uh, that's the third of six uh, Europa League matches for the for the group stage. At least we'll see if we can qualify. Hopefully, we do. Uh, that would be quite shocking if we don't. But you never know. Uh, but yes, Premier League Liverpool one Man United one, which was on Sunday, and then so Thursday is Partizan Europa League, and then Sunday we go to Norwich away. Uh, in the Premier League, and then next week, Wednesday, we play Chelsea in the Carabao Cup, so that's the next couple of games. Uh, Let's Play Sundays, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta, there'll be obviously episodes coming out continuing on Sundays for Let's Play Sundays, so take a look, uh, keep a look out for those. Good Place Season 4, Episode 4 was last week, Episode 5 will be this week. American Horror Story Season 9, Episode 5 was last week, Episode 6 will be this week, and there is 9 episodes left, uh, sorry, 9 episodes in total for American Horror Story for Season 9. Uh, so there's just four episodes to go, uh, and this week's episode is actually episode 100, so God knows what Ryan, Ryan Murphy's got planned for that, <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, we did the rankings of the Marvel and DC films, not the comic book films, because there's obviously Hellboy and Glass and some other stuff, uh, but just for the Marvel and DC films of 2019, uh, read out my list and read out... Read out uh, Robert, sorry, uh, David and Natasha's lists for those uh, as well. So if you want to check those out. Uh, part 2 review for the Joker. That's where I brought Robert in for some discussion about uh, Joker. Of course, Joaquin Phoenix is Joker. Uh, last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about FIFA 20, uh, the career mode patch, PlayStation 5's save states. And if you want to get a PlayStation 5, they'll be out next year holiday. So start saving now. Um, and we also talked a little bit about some EA stuff, which is always interesting. Um, that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move in to this episode. So, uh, as David pointed out earlier, during the Black Wall Street uh, massacre at Tulsa in 1921, a black child lost his parents in the ensuing chaos and escorts an orphan baby to safety. Uh, a couple of points, obviously, to take from this, which is, you know, this kid is watching this silent movie, and uh, obviously the mother's in the corner on the uh, in on the uh, piano playing that, and she starts crying and everything. And then obviously their um, street gets attacked. Um, both the parents get killed; they get drug away, which I thought was kind of sad to see. Just the way they did that scene, which was like they uh, are trying to put this this kid in this vehicle or whatever to get him uh, taken away, and you see two bullets go, or you kind of see yeah, see two bullets go into that particular thing that he's in and then he looks out what the little peephole or something and then you can see both his parents just getting drug away like on ropes or whatever yeah 
uh, I thought that was that was kind of sad. A lot of people said this is kind of Superman esque with like you know uh, is it Krypton his uh, right. planet with that getting kind of mm. destroyed, parents getting killed and whatnot, and and getting sent away to a to a safe place. Um, yeah, interesting, impactful kind of scene with this. I thought they did everything really well. Um, yeah, and understandably kind of sad with the whole like his parents get shot and I mean he's like right there and he's just yeah. on the other side of of a piece of wood basically. Uh, to protect him, so just in the nick of time, they managed to get him out because uh, you never know what might have happened. So yeah, impactful scene, um, but it's supposed to be. What did you think of um, the opening? Yeah, interesting opening. Like I say, the uh, the the sort of silent movie thing kind of threw me mm. right at the very beginning, um, and I knew nothing about the Black Wall Street massacre at all. I which I is, either, so. I, I think there's a lot of people that kind of have looked that up since. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, impactful opening. Again, I'm not entirely sure how that. In, totally sort of feeds into the rest of the story other than you know obviously white supremacy is a thing that throughout the the story particularly with the seventh cavalry mm-hmm. um i do wonder if there's maybe something else that's going to come back out of that um and uh, we do possibly see a grown-up version of that child later on maybe uh, mm-hmm. so um there, there is sort of something there but i do wonder whether that that's going to get tied in even more in some other way later but uh yeah it was it was an interesting kind of open to have that i thought yeah and just just this sad idea that like okay his per- parents are probably never going to get like a proper burial or anything remotely close to yeah them. no and, I mean, like they're dead and being dragged through the streets obviously not very nice so um and he sees that he doesn't really react to it that much but um, they're still kind of sad anyway. So that, that's the one kind of most impactful thing I took from that. I mean, obviously everybody else is getting thrown out the shops and what and whatnot and shot in the streets, and that's very sad. But particularly for this main character that we're following in this scene, it's it's very impactful. So yeah, they uh, they started off with not not holding anything back. So yeah, yeah, uh, uh, and it's it's going to be an interesting one if I get to talk to the uh, cinematographer at some point. That's going to be an interesting oh. one to go through. I mean, yeah. I I haven't managed to organise anything yet, but <laughs> the type of person that might pop up at some point. Um, but yes, because the the cinematographer for for that is uh, same guy. It's um, uh, Chris Sager who worked on Carnival Row, White Princess, Dracula. Um, and uh, a few other things as well. So he's done an interesting selection of stuff. So it'll be an interesting one. And uh, Nicole, uh, Nicole Castle, I think, is the uh, director as well. I thought she did a great job with this so far. So, mm-hmm. um, Cool. So flash forward to an alternate uh, 2019 where police officers wear masks to conceal their identities. Uh, Officer Charlie Sutton gets hospitali- hospitalised after being shot by a member of the 7th Cavalry, a white supremacist group influenced by uh, Rorschach. Chief Judd Crawford uh, calls for retaliation to hunt down the shooter. Um, something I want to point out from this scene is where where this, uh, what's his name, uh, Charlie Sutton is trying to get his gun out of this holster. Like obviously he goes over to see the suspect and... Uh, you know, he, he keeps an eye on him as he's going for his is it a glove compartment thing? Yes. And the guy is yeah. going over for that. Obviously, he might have a gun in there. You don't know, or or whatever. Um, just this idea of um, he's trying to get this gun, 
uh, gone out with this like safety holster clearly, and it's like locked and whatnot. Which I don't think I've seen anything like that before, really. No, um, I've no, seen it's like interesting. I've seen like gun cabinets be locked, and then once you open them, you can freely take the gun off of its holder, but not something where it's like the gun is actually locked in the thing. That sort of yeah, thing. I thought that was an interesting idea because it it's you know there there is obviously the the uh, issues with uh, police shootings and stuff in America at the moment, and yeah. and. I thought that was that was kind of an interesting solution to maybe that problem of not allowing police officers allowing police officers to carry guns in the vehicle but you having to have authorization to take them out and use them to stop them being able to kind of just grab the gun and fire away, uh, you know yeah. and fire away. So yeah, is interesting. I've never seen that as a solution before, but um nope. yeah. yes, in- intriguing idea I thought. Mhm. So with all the TV and films we've seen, we've not, I've not really, I mean, I know you've been around longer than me, you've seen more things, but I've never really seen like a gun be locked like that before. So No, not yeah. not in a, not in that sort of situation, certainly. No. Um, I do think it's kind of, because like, as I hinted at earlier in the podcast, that, that how this episode is interesting kind of politically, and like you said, with, you know, today, like certain people get shot by cops and whatnot, and this is essentially like, okay... Instead of you having your gun on your holster or whatnot, it's in a holster in your car, and you have to uh, you have to go through all these checks and whatnot. Like, oh, is it a high priority and all this sort of thing? And yeah, yeah, just this idea that uh, kind of an interesting commentary on on gun control as to like, okay, this is like yeah. an alternative thing we could do. The only problem with that, I suppose, is he does see this guy as like a really high threat, obviously, and he's panicking as he's as he's giving all these answers over the radio. The process is probably too slow. I mean, he does end up getting himself shot because he can't get the gun out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean that—that's the problem. If it fails, right. um, you get shot. You know, it's—it's it's like sometimes when people buzz you into apartment buildings and the door doesn't open properly. You know, it's—it's <laughs> it's that sort of uh. feeling to it, and and that's quite frequent. So you know, yeah, I I can see, mm-hmm. I can see why that would be an issue, and and particularly in America um they they would have a huge problem i can't see that ever actually getting passed properly into law in america um you know it would be different for the uk obviously because our cops don't carry guns so you right. know yeah um but yeah and it, that's that's an interesting one that I, I wonder if there are any police forces that do operate it that way um i mean i'm not aware of any but no. uh, so yeah it's an interesting intriguing idea uh I, I think you'd have a lot of kickback from the um, the US police force if they ever actually tried that. Yeah, there would certainly be uh, some questions raised and, and things like that. So, yeah, yes. interesting little idea, of course. I mean, the problem with, you know, equipping any kind of officer is do they get the situation right or wrong? And there's no real sort of... It's usually just one or the other kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And just, like, how do you actually control that? Um, obviously in this situation it failed because the police officer ended up getting shot so yes yeah um yeah. but uh, i mean yeah you're just sitting there waiting for that for that green light. i assume it would have been a green light or whatever mm. to uh to go off and him to get the gun out but um some people didn't buy that um this officer survived because i mean you see this this scene at, at, in yeah the I, can, think like, oh, I can understand dead. that yeah. um because they he did take a uh shot directly to the chest with a it's a shotgun, wasn't it? I think. I think it's like, um, like an Uzi, kind of SMG. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sort of yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's possible he could have survived, but um, mm-hmm. yes, seemed a bit 
odd that you know he did seem very dead you know but right yeah. it's, that... a, it's, it's a comic book thing you know <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm imagining a lot of the bullets hit his uh, bulletproof vest because I'm assuming all cops well, need bulletproof assume. vests. So, yeah, because yeah. I mean, if you're a policeman, you go go out without one of those on, then you're really doing something wrong. Uh, cool. So that was all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, Chief, uh, Chief uh, Judd Crawford uh, calls for retaliation uh, to hunt down the shooter. He ba- he basically goes to this sort of press conference type meeting where he's. Uh, talking about the situation and everything and then that's where you kind of see not for the first time because there's obviously this uh charlie sutton police officer's got this um these yellow masks that they've they've got on um how do you think they look kind of cool those masks right yeah interesting kind of design choice um but yeah he, he yeah. puts this obviously into place and uh we kind of go from there so uh anything else to say about these bits pieces uh no don't think so i think cool. we've All right. yeah uh, meanwhile, an old uh, lord at an unspecified estate, uh, country estate, uh, celebrates an anniversary of some kind with his two servants. So, uh, Jeremy Irons as Alfred, and then you've got uh, <laughs> some other people in there. Um, yeah, quarters of him, very kind of short, out of place scene. Obviously, hopefully we'll get uh, some more of him, obviously, in future episodes. But, yeah... Uh, the the one scene in this episode that does kind of stick out as being out of place, but then will probably make sense. I'm guessing you know later on. So yeah, well, I mean, I I think it it's been revealed already who that guy is. I you know um, we've uh, are we saying who that guy is? Because I mean, I think it's it's in the credits. I think and you know we know who he is. Although they didn't specifically name him on the show, so maybe we shouldn't. No, okay. I'm going to wait for uh, them to say who it is on the show. So okay, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, so th- that was that was quite a nice scene and interesting. And uh, you've got um, uh, Tom Misson in there as well as as the one servant and Sarah Vickers as the uh, the other servants, which I thought was intriguing. Um, yeah, I it, it did seem somewhat out of place um i mean assuming but it will all make sense if he is the person that he has been um you know a lot of the reports are saying he is so okay. yeah cool um what do you what do you think this anniversary is because they don't specify like what it is and a lot of people have been speculating online as to well what it is so um it could be the anniversary of it could be the anniversary of the original event that we mentioned okay. um yeah that from the original comic book that's possible hmm. it could be that um that's a, i mean it may be a birthday or something we don't know but um given that that cake was kind of interesting because that cake was kind of squid like mm-hmm. in the in the design of it which makes me think that maybe it is the anniversary of of that original squid attack on New York. Yeah. I mean, any of those are kind of weird things to have a cake for, but then this show is kind of weird, so... Yes! (laughs) In certain points. Um, And that was... To point out... um, I forgot to say this in kind of the pre-talk, but I can include it here anyway. Some people were saying... Well, there was a mixture... Of some people saying, "Okay, this show is too too political," and I'm out. And there was some people Ugh. saying that uh, it was too weird, and they're out. Some people were saying both things, and some people were saying one or the other. So, well, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm sorry, but you can't you can't complain about a, a Watchmen TV series being too political because yeah. the entire book was mm-hmm. based around politics to a certain extent. So I, you know, right. I, especially, I think, when you've, especially when you've got vigilantes and police forces and yeah, sort of stuff. It, it's it's yeah. I mean, the, if you if you went in it expecting to see you know the a CW Flash type <laughs> of series, no, it yeah. was never going to be that, and it was always going to be political because that was entirely the point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that would be the first thing. I mean, I, I, as it with it being weird. Um, I mean, it's quirky think, weird in some in some Yeah, places. it's quirky weird. It's not Legion, <laughs> you right. know. It's not like I mean, Kojima, for those weird. of you who know Kojima, who Kojima is. He's a game developer. He makes very weird, yeah. uh, video games. It's not quite like that either. So yeah, you know, and it, it's certainly um, it's certainly not Legion level of weird. It's it's got things that don't necessarily make sense right now, but mm. I think they will as you move further into it. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I mean, there there are certain things in it that don't necessarily make any sense. But you know, to give it time, I think. Right, I think right. It's only the pilot, so. Yeah, it is only the pilot. They're setting stuff up. It, it will, it mm. will. I mean, that's why you know when I go to do in, like an impressions podcast for a show, I do the first two episodes because it's like okay, pilot sets stuff up, and then the second episode just continues that a bit more, so you always see. Yeah. A bit more. Uh, but yeah, hopefully people stick with the show because it's uh, very very good so far. But anyway, let's continue with the rest of the episode uh angela a bar a policewoman who quote retired runs a bakery uh catches wind of the shooting and hunts down a suspect under her secret persona uh of sister night so i wanted to take this out as a uh separate little thing uh what do you think of and uh, um regina king's um character i almost said angela kang but that's the walking dead showrunner <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah what do you think of her character so far um yeah um, I, I mean, we kind of knew that she wasn't just going to be running a bakery, which she says. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, we knew she was something else because if you've seen any of the clips, we knew she was going to be something else. But I, yeah, I thought that was that was kind of an interesting setup. I like the fact that she's using this sort of bakery cover as a sort of, you know, bat cave, which is great. Um, and she's pretty kick ass, which is also good. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed her. I thought I don't really know Regina King very much, but uh, I yeah really enjoyed her character in this. I thought she was great. Yeah, she's a particular highlight for me at the moment. Uh, I mean, this other guy we got called um, Glass something. Uh, um, yeah, Looking Glass. Looking Glass. Yes. He he was pretty cool as well. Uh, yes. So that was that. Cool. That seems to be a sort of updated version, kind of of Rorschach ish. Okay. That seems to be the sort of stand-in. Um, it's uh, Tim Blake Nelson underneath the mask in there, and I, yeah, I, I think that's probably where they're ending. You know, where they're they're sort of aiming for is he's, he's more that kind of character, but we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah. So she does that stuff, and uh, that's that's who she is at the moment. Uh, using help from another vigilante looking glass, she figures out the shooter's location at a castle ranch uh, with some uh, cavalry members. Angela, uh, Judd, and other officers hunt them down, uh, initiating a uh, shootout that results in uh, cavalry members' uh, deaths, including the shooter. This was a really wild scene, the, the, the whole um, 
cows thing and all that and like yeah taking cover and then obviously even once these cows are dead and on the floor and they're taking cover behind those they're still shooting at those so the bodies are still like whatever um yeah really kind of crazy scene and it was i I was kind of impressed at she's got like she takes out this little kind of pistol or whatever and there's all this smoke and stuff and she was she's still trying to like uh shoot off this guy who's on this on this turret thing uh, yeah, I thought that was, that was that was just a cool kind of like vigilante sort of moment, but yeah, yeah. really really crazy stuff with that. So because yeah. they've got yeah. nothing else to take cover behind, and it's either that or they get shot. So yeah, no, um, that was a really crazy scene. I I really like that. I thought it was a really well put up set piece. That one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some other bits and pieces in there with um, this space, uh, th- not space, this um ship that the other characters are on, and that gets kind of taken down and then you've got this really funny moment where uh, regina king's character is trying to get them out of it yeah and she's kicking at this front window <laughs> trying to crack it open and then they kind of pop this out the side or whatever yeah. so they just start cracking up i thought that was great so yeah and the, as i said before the ship in that is basically night owl's ship um mm. i i don't know whether that will come back at some point or whether they just use the design for it whether whether there's going to be a reason why that's the night owl ship i don't know um so yeah that that's kind of confusing as a as a comic book person because it is exactly what night Owl and what the the hero uh vigilante night owl that was was his ship mm-hmm. and he was a sort of on-off partner of rorschach so i maybe there's a reason that it's particularly that i don't know whether that'll ever get explained or they just thought it was cool and decided to use it i don't know i want to rewind slightly and talk about i've just simply forgot to talk about it the scene with looking glass and the other guy when they're in this little room and he's showing him this slideshow thing and there's a certain i mean i've seen a lot of in i mean i'm only 25 i've seen a lot of interrogation scenes at this point in tv obviously a lot from 24 and jack bauer um, there's a certain degree of okay, sure you're gonna punch and do, do God knows what to the person you're interrogating to get answers out of them, but kind of, when you're doing something like that, isn't it just more of a distraction as to like okay, you're flashing all this stuff and like uh, I don't know. I the, I I think the point of that is he's they're they're putting the information you know he's asking the questions but quite often he's repeating the same question mm-hmm. and what he's looking for are um if you've ever seen the tv show lie to me i i think he's looking for those sort of like micro movements so mm-hmm. uh changes in the pupils and signs that he may actually be lying and he's reacting so the, the almost the questions he's asking is sort of irrelevant um, because what he's looking for are reactions to the images. Because when he comes out, he said, "Oh yeah, he's uh, you know he's uh, pupils dilated on certain images." Right. And I, so I, I think that when he sat in that room, and the reason they do it like that is it, it sort of blocks out everything else and kind of bombards them with certain imagery. And the whatever questions he's asking, the question is kind of to keep the mind going so the mind the front of the mind is sort of thinking about oh crap i need to answer this question but there is a sort of subconscious thing going on when he sees the imagery which is is really telling the truth and that's what i think looking glass was looking for in in there um 
so that that was the the reason for doing it like that so yeah the the stuff that he was actually asking i think actually wasn't all that relevant it was more to do with what images they were showing mm-hmm. cool um and is the what do you think of the quick little scene where um uh regina king's character takes this guy into this room and just beats the crap out of him <laughs> and then she comes out and she's like okay we've got this location i thought that was uh uh, and surprisingly funny kind of quick scene it's, it's yeah just the way she goes in there like gets the job done in less than a minute or whatever and just kind of comes out yeah and like yep, yeah this is it yeah I, it. again just just kind of goes to show that her character is a complete badass so yeah. you know yeah that's cool uh cool so let's move on to well the, the final paragraph i've actually got uh, sometime after the shootout, the one that we just discussed, uh, Judd runs over a, a spike strip while driving to uh, the hospital to visit Sutton because it's, it's the guy from um, earlier. He's actually yeah. in, uh, at a hospital and he's not dead. Uh, Angela gets a call from someone who instructs her to find something at a countryside tree. She heads to the, to the location where she sees an elderly man in a wheelchair below a hung Judd and I'm assuming he's dead. I would assume so. He looked right. very dead. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm really... I mean, I don't know the, the book and all that sort of stuff, and I'm very new to, obviously, the, the world of Watchmen. I was very, very surprised to see this guy get killed off in, in the pilot. Um, were, were you kind of expecting anything? Um, or were you surprised as well? Yes and no. I mean, the book does open with... <clears throat> um, a particular character opens with the death of the comedian, who is a a kind of government... Uh, sanctioned vigilante so that that is the the starting point of the book and it's the investigation into that which then drives you know the various other vigilantes because other vigilantes start to get attacked and that sort of drives the investigation so the fact that somebody significant died in the first episode isn't a huge surprise necessarily um I, i mean i didn't see it coming I mm-hmm. I didn't you know I I expected Don Johnson to be around a little bit longer than that because he's Don Johnson so you know, um, so but it, it does sort of make sense you know to have a big character killed off you know that that see appears to be a big name killed off early in the first episode or rather at the end of the first episode that that does make a certain amount of sense given the source material. Um, and again, there are similarities there in that you know in the in the book, the comedian was a government sanctioned vigilante. He was the sort of face of of the the repression of the the government and the vigilante movement that were were backed by the government. Whereas in this particular case, you've got uh, Crawford, who is the face of the Tulsa police, and he's the one actual face that people know from the Tulsa police because everybody else wears masks and he doesn't so people knew who he was so I, I guess there is some sort of connect there between the two mm-hmm. um for, from a sort of reference point of view so I yeah I, I I did think it was interesting though I I wasn't didn't see that coming and I don't quite understand the significance of the elderly the, the elderly black man I believe is the kid that we saw at the start I'm assuming. Um, okay. So I, I, I that was the connection I thought anyway. So I, but I'm not entirely sure why he was there. 
because I presume it wasn't. I mean, he's he, he in a wheelchair. I don't. First of all, how did he get there? And secondly, I don't know why he would have anything to do with that. So maybe there's something else going on. I guess. But I guess so. Yeah. I I did kind of think that because he he drives over these spikes. And they get these headlights that come up. I thought it was going to be okay. Headlights kind of blind him or whatever. And then I thought it was just going to get shot by someone. Um, yeah. Because sometimes you get you get scenes like that. But no, he kind of takes some capture and, and does hang him. So I, I just as a general point, I'm surprised that this... Because um, it's the police chief, uh, Judge Crawford. I'm just surprised that a big character with that kind of title is dead in the first episode. But yeah, yeah. sometimes you, TV surprises you with stuff like that. So um, we'll see what he wants from... Uh, 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 Regina King's character, uh, the Sister Knight, next week, of course. Um, yeah, that's the end of the episode as well. So, yeah. interesting start, interesting way for them to set things up. And, uh, of course, we'll look forward to see where the rest of the, the season goes. Hopefully, it is more than one season. But like you said, if Damon Lindelof um, only wants to do one season, then somebody else can, I assume, come in or whatever. So yeah, uh, I also read that this was like one of HBO's biggest premieres that they've had so i don't think they'll want to kind of apparently so yeah i i i think they will definitely want to keep it going regardless so Mm -hmm. we'll we'll have to see yep cool all right that's what we've got for you for the first episode of or the second episode technically because we had a preview but for the first episode of season one of watchmen uh of course if you have any feedback for thoughts feelings uh try not to send in any comic book spoilery stuff specifically i know obviously on Walking Dead, if someone sends me that, it doesn't matter because I've already read the books anyway. But in terms of this show, obviously with it being tied to books and stuff, uh, try not to send too much of that in. Um, but yeah, any spoiler-free kind of thoughts, feelings, just on the episode in general, the the political political side of things, and the, of course, commentary on the weird side of things, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter at eTalkUK. There's the contact page and information in your show notes. So let us know what you think of Watchmen. Um, did you get the uh, prestige kind of HBO feel? In this episode, um, you, in terms of it being yes, uh, yeah, uh, general kind of quality end. sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, definitely so, yeah. That was there as well. So, all right. Let us know what you think of everything involving that as well. If you want to find all the rest of the content that we've got, it's on entertainmenttalk.org. Of course, we've got a bunch of stuff happening at the moment, uh, a bunch of things coming out and things that are uh, coming up as well. Um, one of these days, The Witcher will end up on Netflix at some point so yes yes i've heard heard rumors that's supposed to be december so yeah i i mean netflix release things at all sorts of strange (laughs) dates but yes i maybe maybe post christmas for all we know but they did say it was supposed to be the end of the year so we'll see Mm -hmm. cool so look out for all that stuff uh if you want to find out when uh watch uh the Witcher uh, premieres and all the all the other TV shows and film news and all that sort of stuff. David's got you covered on geektown.co.uk and on Geektown Radio on iTunes and Spotify podcast services. Of course, if you want to subscribe to the main Watchmen feed uh, for Entertainment Talk, the Watching the Watchmen feed, that's on iTunes. If you're listening on the Entertainment Talk main feed, you don't need to do nothing. And if you're listening on the website, you can just continue listening on the website as well. Uh, you can support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk. We're on Patreon. Have a look at the $3 level tier. Uh, you can use our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds. Please also rate, review, and subscribe to them as well. Just tap on the star rating, and that will help us out as well. 
Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends and family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Even if someone hates the Watchmen, tell them about the Watchmen podcast as well. Because <laughs> uh, even though those people have seen the first episode and whatnot, tell them about the website and the iTunes feeds. Of course, we just, we cover a bunch of stuff, so hopefully something is there to their liking. You can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, and put them in different Facebook groups. Uh, and video games, you can watch us play different video games. Me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. Look out for Let's Play Sundays. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you for episode two or whatever we do next on Entertainment Talk. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.